When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog. Welcome to Forever Dog. You can listen to this podcast ad-free on Forever Dog Plus by signing up at foreverdogpodcasts.com slash plus. And make sure to follow us on social at Forever Dog Team and check out all of our podcasts at foreverdogpodcasts.com. Thank you for your support and enjoy the show. Welcome to another installment of Teen Creeps presents Public Domain Theater. This week, part two of Richard Connell's The Most Dangerous Game, as read by Kelly Nugent, as responded to by Lindsay Katai and Kelly Nugent. Hello, welcome. As we begin, just a reminder of what took place last week. A man fell overboard from a yacht. Was he interested in his friend, Whitney? Who's to say? He ends up on an island. There's a big guy with a beard. And then there's a thin guy with red lips and sharp teeth. General something. And it turns out he hunts men for sport. And now part two of Richard Connell, the most dangerous game. A trace of anger was in the general's black eyes, but it was there for a second. And he said in his most pleasant manner, dear me, what a righteous young man you are. I assure you I do not do the thing you suggest. That would be barbarous. I treat these visitors with every consideration. (laughs) All right, guy. Just super nice, all the things they do to let them try not to be killed. They get plenty of good food and exercise. (laughs) They get into splendid physical condition. They're hot as fuck is what I'm trying to say. He is raising them to kill them for sport. You shall see for yourself tomorrow. What do you mean? We'll visit my training school, smiled the general. It's in the cellar. Okay, don't call it that if it's in your dang basement. Just call it the training floor. Just call it your death dungeon. It's (laughs) literally just below. Or like pick a lane. If you're going to say I keep them in the cellar, don't call it your training center. If you're going to call it your training center, don't call it a cellar. Just say downstairs. Everybody knows a cellar sucks. Yeah, a cellar sucks. A cellar is dang. Seriously, just be like, it's downstairs. Yeah. It's below. It's on the, it's on the, it's in the lower level. Right. Yeah. I have about a dozen pupils down there now. They're from the Spanish Pupils. Bark. Pupils. He called, they're like his students. Yeah. That's what? weird. Oh, okay. He's like teaching them to survive. They're from the Spanish bark Salucar that had the bad luck to go on the rocks out there. A very inferior lot, I regret to say. Poor specimens and more accustomed to the deck than to the jungle. He raised his hand and Ivan, who served as a waiter, Poor Ivan. He's doing everything. Yeah, real jack of all trades. Um, is the real hero of the story, Ivan. Mm-hmm. Brought thick Turkish coffee. Rainsford, with an effort. Thick, thick, thick Turkish, Turkish coffee. coffee. Innuendo mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Rainsford, with an effort, held his tongue in check. It's a game, you see, pursued the general blandly. I suggest to one of them that we go hunting. How many, how many times? <laughs> how many times? Are they going to go back and forth about this being okay? Like, it, Rainsford needs to leave. Mm-hmm. 
there is an de- undeniable sexual chemistry that he can't ignore. That's so he has true. to stay. That is true. Also, he's naked with a boner. That is true. Um, I give him a supply of food and an excellent hunting knife. I give him three hours start. I'm to follow, armed only with a pistol of the smallest caliber and range. If my quarry eludes me for three whole days, he wins the game. If I find him, the general smiled. He loses. Suppose he refuses to be hunted. Oh, says the general. I give him this option, of course. He need not play that game if he doesn't wish to. If he does not wish to hunt, I turn him over to Ivan. Ivan once had the honor of serving as General... Uh... Nouter? K-N-O-U-T-E-R. Neuter? Neuter. To the great white czar, and he has his own ideas of sport. Invariably, Mr. Rainford. Invariably, they... Rainsford. Invariably, they choose the hunt. Ew. Ugh. Ew. Ugh. Wait, what? What does he do to them? That's why I'm going ill. He either rapes or tortures them. There are or only both. two options. And rape they, is a kind of torture. It's true. And if they hunt, the smile on the general's face widened. Or I'm sorry. And if they win, the smile on the general's face widened. To date, I have not lost, he said. Then he added hastily. I don't wish you to think me a braggart, Mr. Rainford. Many of them afford only the most elementary sort of problem. Occasionally, I strike a tartar. One almost did win. I eventually had to use the dogs. Ew. That's cheating then. He's cheating already when he has a gun and he gives them a knife. Yeah, and you can't add on weapons as though that's, no. Mm -mm. That's not how that works. He doesn't Mm -mm. play this game right. Nope. (sighs) The dogs? This way, please. I'll show you. What? Yeah, the dogs. What do you mean the dogs? dogs? Hunting dogs. dogs. What the fuck do you think? You're like a big old hunter. He's such an idiot. (sighs) The general steered Rainsford to a window. The lights from the windows sent a flickering illumination that made grotesque patterns on the courtyard below, and Rainsford Rainsford could see moving around there a dozen or so huge black shapes. As they turned toward him, their eyes glittered greenly. A rather good lot, I think, observed the general. They are let out at seven every night. If anyone should try and get into my house or out of it, something extremely regrettable would occur to him. He hummed a snatch of a song from the Folie Bergère. Okay, he's musical. Come it, Kelly. I don't really know it. <laughs> what is it? No, I don't know. But I was kidding. Can, can, can you do the can, can? Um, you can, can, can. <laughs> do the Mulan version. <laughs> what? Uh, and now, said the general, I want to show you my new collection of heads. What? Human heads. You know, my human heads. I mean, I, obviously, Rainsford has to go along with this. Otherwise, he will be hunted. <laughs> So yeah, fucking humor this guy and then get the fuck out. Will you come with me to the library? I hope, said Rainsford, that you will excuse me tonight, General Zaroff. I'm really not feeling well. Ah, indeed, the general inquired solicitously. Well, I suppose that's only natural after your long swim. You need Mm. a good restful night's sleep. But I had a series of erotic engravings (laughs) I wished to show you. (laughs) Tomorrow you'll feel like a new man, I'll wager. Then we'll hunt, eh? I've got one, or I've one rather promising prospect. Rainsford was hurrying from the room. Uh, Rainsford's like, it's you. you." (laughs) Um, Sorry you can't go with me tonight, called the general. I expect rather fair sport. A big, strong, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Say a different word, Kelly. Say a different word. Make up a word, even. Don't say the word that it's giving. Uh, A big, strong uh, black person. He looks resourceful. Well, good night, Mr. Rainsford. I hope you have a good night's rest. 
this story has racist elements that the author didn't even know about <laughs> on the wrong side of history. It <laughs> <laughs> was beautiful. Thank you so much. I uh, wrote that just now. Jealous. Thank you. Um, the bed was good and the pajamas of the softest silk. What? <laughs> he's, he's going like, back to being going, pleased? Why is he happy? I'm sorry. Rainsford. Rainsford. No. I think you deserve whatever happens to you. Seriously. And he was tired in every fiber of his being. But nevertheless, Rainsford could not quiet his brain with the opiate of sleep. He lay, eyes wide open. Once he thought he heard stealthy steps in the corridor outside his room. He sought to throw open the door. It wouldn't open. He went to the window and looked out. His room was high up in one of the towers. The lights of the chateau were out now, and it was dark and silent. But there was a fragment of a sallow moon, and by its wane light he could see, dimly, the courtyard. There, weaving in and out in the pattern of shadow, were black noiseless forms. The hounds heard him at the window and looked up, expectantly, with their green eyes. Rainsford went back to the bed and lay down. By many methods, he tried to put himself to sleep. He had achieved a doze when, just as morning began to come, he heard, far off in the jungle, the faint report of a pistol. General Zaroff did not appear until luncheon. He was dressed faultlessly in the tweeds of a country squire. Okay. He was solicitous about the state of Rainsford's health. As for me, sighed the general, I do not feel so well. I'm worried, Mr. Rainsford. Last night I detected traces of my old complaint. To Rainsford's ge- questioning glance, mm-hmm. the general said, Ennui. Boredom. Too. Then, taking a second helping of Cripps Suzette, the general explained, The hunting was not good last night. The fellow lost his head. He made a straight trail that offered no problems at all. That's the trouble with these sailors. They have dull brains to begin with, and they do not know how to get about in the woods. They do excessively stupid and obvious things. It's most annoying. We how have enough- long is it going to take him to decide on Rainsford, or has he already? I feel like fucking he's just—he's fucking with him. I can't right? decide. He has to be. Yeah. And Rainsford's just like, oh, Jesus, I really don't agree with your lifestyle. <laughs> well, you have another but glass of Chablis. Pajamas are so comfy. <laughs> Silky soft. We have another glass of Chablis, Mister Rainsford. General said Rainsford firmly. I wish to leave this island at once. The general raised his thickets of eyebrows. He seemed hurt. But, my dear fellow, the general protested, you've only just come. You had no hunting. I wish to go today, said Rainsford. (laughs) Uh, excuse me. (laughs) He saw the dead black eyes of the general on him, studying him. General Zaroff's face suddenly brightened. He filled Rainsford's glass with venerable Chablis from a dusty bottle. Tonight, said the general, we will hunt. You and I. Rainsford shook his head. No, general, he said, I will not hunt. The general God, play the fuck along. Yeah, just play along and then idiot. run the fuck away or kill him. Get off the island. Yeah. Just. Yeah. I don't get it. When you go hunting, like, just shoot him in the head. Kill him like right now. Yeah. I don't. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. The general shrugged his shoulders and delicately ate a hothouse grape. <laughs> All right. Pink. Um, as you wish, my friend, he said, the choice rests entirely with you. But may I not venture to suggest that you will find my idea of sport more diverting than Ivan's? He nodded toward the corner to where the giant stood, scowling, his thick arms crossed on his hogshead of chest. You don't mean, cried Rainsford. My dear fellow, said the general, have I not told you I always mean what I say about hunting? 
This is really an inspiration. I drink to the foeman worthy of my steel. At last. The general raised his glass, but Rainsford sat staring at him. You'll find this game worth playing, the general said enthusiastically. Your brain against mine. Your woodcraft against mine. Your strength and stamina against mine. Outdoor chess. And the stake is not without value, eh? And if I win, began Rainsford huskily. (laughs) Will you be mine? (laughs) Will you finally spread your legs to me? Ew. (laughs) Ew, Achilles. Ew. I'll cheerfully acknowledge myself defeat if I do not find you by midnight of the third day, said General Zaroff. My sloop will place you on the mainland near a town. General read what Rainsford was thinking. Oh, you can trust me, said the Cossack. Oh, I mean, they, yeah, it wasn't that. I do. Uh-huh. I, I had a hiccup. <laughs> I will give you my word as a gentleman and a sportsman. Of course, you, in turn, must agree to say nothing about your visit here. I'll agree to nothing of the kind, said Rainsford. God, how much of a fucking idiot. <laughs> oh, said the general. In that case. But why discuss that now? Three days hence, we can discuss it over a bottle of Veuve Clicquot. Unless the general sipped his wine. Then a business-like air animated him. Ivan, he said to Rainsford, will supply you with hunting clothes, food, and a knife. I suggest you wear moccasins. They leave a poorer trail. I suggest, too, that you avoid the big swamp in the southeast corner of the island. We call it Death Swamp. There's quicksand there. One foolish fellow tried it. The deplorable part of it was that Lazarus followed him. You can imagine my feelings, Mr. Rainsford. I loved Lazarus. He was my finest hound in my pack. Well, I must beg you to excuse me now. I always take a siesta after lunch. (laughs) I'm sleepy. You'll hardly have time for a nap, I fear. You'll want to start, no doubt. I shall not follow until dusk. Hunting at night is so much more exciting than by day, don't you think? Au revoir, Mr. Rainford. Au revoir. Why isn't he considering that, like, Rainsford could hunt him back? Like, just hunt him in his sleep. That's not even part of the, yeah. Hubris. Ivan. Oh, and Ivan. Well, then kill Ivan. Kill Ivan. Oh, good. General Zaroff, with a deep courtly bow, strolled from the room. From another door came Ivan. Under one arm, he carried khaki hunting clothes, a haversack of food, a leather sheath containing a long-bladed hunting knife. His right hand rested on a cocked revolver thrust in the crimson sash about his waist. Rainsford had fought his way through the bush for two hours. I must keep... Whoa, what a weird jump. Yeah. I guess, yeah. Just that happened in the earlier, too. Jump. Yeah. I just, I'm surprised there's not like a dot, like dot, marking. Dot yeah. I guess because it's just a, it's just a goofy Pia, PDF. Goofy. Um, goofy old PDF. Rainsford had fought his way through the bush for two hours. I must keep my nerve. I must keep my nerve, he said through tight teeth. He had not been entirely clear-headed when the chateau gate snapped shut behind him. His whole idea at first was to put distance between himself and General Zaroff, and to this end he had plunged along. Spurred, bo- spurred on by the sharp rowers of something very like panic. Now he had got a grip on <laughs> like himself. Panic? Very like panic? I think you're panicked, dude. Similar to panic. Oh, what's the word for it? It's like panic. Uh, it's like it starts with a P, but it's not panic. <laughs> now he had got a grip on himself, had stopped, and was taking stock of himself in the situation. He saw that straight flight was futile. Inevitably, it would bring him face to face with the sea. He was in a picture with a frame of water and his operations clearly must take place within that frame. No, it doesn't. You can, like, go on a boat away from here. Yeah. I don't... don't, This guy's logic and reasoning are not fully realized. (laughs) I'll give him a trail to follow, muttered Rainsford, 
and he struck off from the rude path. He started to pee (laughs) on the path as he went. Uh, And he struck off from the rude path he had been following into the trackless wilderness. He executed a series of intricate loops. He doubled on his trail again and again, recalling all the lore of the fox hunt and all the dodges of the fox. Night found him leg-weary with hands and face lashed by the branches on a thickly wooded ridge. He knew it would be insane to blunder on through the dark, even if he had the strength. His need for rest was imperative, and he thought, I have played the fox. Now I must play the cat of the fable. A big tree with a thick trunk. cat and the fox? Cat and the fox. That story of the cat and the fox? I don't know this. (laughs) Oh, you know. The cat and the fox. Anyway, mixing metaphors, (laughs) whatever. A big tree with a thick trunk and outspread branches was nearby, and taking care to leave not the slightest mark, he climbed up into the crotch. Nice. (laughs) Sweet. And stretching Ah. out on one of the broad limbs, after a fashion, rested. Rest brought him new confidence and almost a feeling of security. Even so zealous a hunter as General Zarov could not trace him there, he told himself. Only the devil himself could follow that complicated trail through the jungle after dark. But perhaps the the general was a devil. An apprehensive night crawled slowly by like a wounded snake, and sleep did not visit Rainsford, although the silence of the dead world was on in the jungle. Toward morning, when a dingy gray was varnishing the sky, the cry of some startled bird focused Rainsford's attention in that direction. Something was coming through the bush, coming slowly, carefully, coming by the same winding way Rainsford had come. He flattened himself down on the limb, and through a screen of leaves almost as thick as tapestry, he watched. That which was approaching was a man. It was General Zaroff. He made his way along. Wow, what a reveal. Really? Wow. It could be one of two Whoa. people. Shocking. Oh, what if it was White, White, what's Thunder. that guy's name? White Thunder, his friend from the boat. Whitney. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> wow. Wow. He made his way along with his eyes fixed in utmost concentration on the ground before him. He paused, almost beneath the tree, dropped to his knees and studied the ground. Rainsford's impulse was to hurl himself down like a panther, but he saw that the general's right hand held something metallic, a small automatic pistol. He should have brought a big-ass rock up there with him hmm. and just dropped it on mm. his head. Oh, hindsight's twenty twenty. Mm, there we go. The hunter shook his head several times as if he were puzzled. Then he straightened up and took from his case one of his black cigarettes. Its pungent incense-like smoke floated up to Rainsford's nostrils. And he went, achoo. <laughs> Rainsford held his breath. (laughs) The general's eyes had left the ground and were traveling inch by inch up the tree. Rainsford froze there, every muscle tensed for a spring. But the sharp eyes of the hunter stopped before they reached the limb where Rainsford lay. A smile spread over his brown face. Very deliberately, he blew a smoke ring into the air. Then he turned his back on the tree and walked carelessly away. Back along the trail he had come. The swish of the underbrush against his hunting boots grew fainter and fainter. The pent-up air burst hotly from Rainford's lungs. His first thought made him feel sick and numb. The general could follow a trail through the woods at night. He could follow an extremely difficult trail. He must have uncanny powers. Only by the merest chance had the Cossack failed to see his quarry. Rainsford's second thought had been even more terrible. It sent a shudder of cold horror through his whole being. Why had the general smiled? Why had he turned back? Fucking with you. Yeah, that's all a game, dude. He doesn't care. He has so much time to kill you. The most dangerous game. (laughs) Rainsford did not want to believe what his reason told him was true, but the truth was as evident as the sun that had by now pushed through the morning mists. The general was playing with him. 
The general was saving him for another day's sport. The Cossack was the cat. He was the mouse. Then it was that... Then it was that Rainsford knew the full meaning of terror. I will not lose my nerve. I will not. He slid down from the tree and struck off again into the woods. His face was set and he forced the machinery of his mind to function. 300 yards from his hiding place, he stopped where a huge dead tree leaned precariously on a smaller living one. Throwing off his sack of food, Rainsford took his knife from its sheath and began to work with all his energy. The job was finished at last, and he threw himself down behind a fallen log a hundred feet away. He did not have to wait long. The cat was coming to play with the mouse. Following the trail with the sureness of a bloodhound came General Zaroff. Nothing escaped those searching black eyes. No crushed blade of glass. Whoops. <laughs> no crushed blade of grass. No bent twig. No mark. No matter how faint in the moss. So intent was the Cossack on his stocking that he was upon the thing Rainsford had made before he saw it. His, t- his foot touched the protruding bow that was the trigger. Even as he touched it, the general sensed his danger and leapt back with the agility of an ape. But he was not quite quick enough. The dead tree, delicately adjusted to rest on the cut living one, crashed down and struck the general a glancing blow on the shoulder as it fell. But for his alertness, he must have been smashed beneath it. He staggered. But he did not fall, nor did he drop his revolver. He stood there, he stood there rubbing his injured shoulder. And Rainsford, with fear again gripping his heart, heard the general's mocking laugh ring through the jungle. Rainsford, called the general. If you are within sound of my voice, as I suppose you are, let me congratulate you. Not many men know how to make a melee man-catcher. Luckily for me, too, I have hunted in Malacca. You are proving interesting, Mr. Rainsford. I'm now going to have my wound dressed. It's only a slight one. But I shall be back. And I shall make you my bride. I shall be back. <laughs> and I shall make you And I shall make you my bride. <laughs> when the general, nursing his bruised shoulder, had gone, Rainsford took up his flight again. It was flight now, a desperate, hopeless flight that carried him on for some hours. Dusk came, then darkness, and still he pressed on. The ground grew softer under his moccasins. The vegetation grew ranker, denser. Lure him to the quicksand. Bro. He's going in the, in the fucking quicksand place. You should lure him, lure him there. Yeah, get in a tree, man. Insects bit him savagely. Then as he stepped forward, his foot sank into the ooze. He tried to wrench it back, but the muck sucked viciously at his foot as if it were a giant leech. With a violent effort, he tore his feet loose. He knew where he was now. Death swamp in its quicksand. His hands were tight closed, as if his nerve were something tangible that someone in the darkness was trying to tear from his grip. The softness of the earth had given him an idea. He stepped back from the quicksand a dozen feet or so and... Welcome to two minutes ago, buddy. Yeah, seriously. Um, like some huge prehistoric beaver. <laughs> okay. He began to dig. Rainsford had dug himself in in France when a second's delay meant death. That had been a placid pastime compared to his digging now. The pit grew deeper. When it was above his shoulders, he climbed out and from some hard saplings cut stakes and shar- sharpened them to a fine point. These stakes he planted in the bottom of the pit with the points sticking up. With flying fingers, he, rove, he wove a rough carpet of weeds and branches, and with it, he covered the mouth of the pit. Then, wet with sweat and aching with tiredness, he crouched behind the stump of a lightning-charred tree. He knew his pursuer was coming. He heard the padding sound of feet on the soft earth, and the night breeze brought him the perfume of the general's cigarette. It seemed to Rainsford that the general was coming with unusual swiftness. He was not feeling his way along, foot by foot. Rainsford, crouching there, could not see the general, nor could he see the pit. He lived a year in a minute. That's cool. 
That's from me, not the book. I, yeah, lived a year in a minute. Yeah. It's a good sentence. Then he felt an impulse to cry aloud with joy, for he heard the sharp crackle of the breaking branches as the cover of the pit gave away. He heard the sharp scream of pain as the pointed stakes found their mark. Not what I thought he was going to do, by the way. Make but, the pit? Yeah. Yeah, I thought he was just going to lure him into the... Yeah. <laughs> like, he didn't really use the sand, the quicksand. No. <laughs> yeah. Huh? <laughs> okay. All right. I mean, I guess it's easier to dig there because it's softer. It just that's sure. where it happened, I guess. He leapt up from his place of concealment. He shouldn't have done that. He mm -hmm. should have waited. Then he cowered back. Three feet from, a, from the pit, a man was standing with an electric torch in his hand. You've done well, Rainsford. Oh, did the voice of the general call? called. Yep. Your Burmese tiger pit has claimed one of my best dogs. Again, you score. I think, Mr. Rainsford, I'll see what you can do against my whole pack. I'm going home for a rest now. Cheater. Thank you for a most amusing evening. At daybreak, Rainsford, lying near the swamp, was awakened by a sound that made him know that he had new things to learn about fear. It was a distant sound, faint and wavering, but he knew it. It was the baying of a pack of hounds. Rainsford knew he could do one of two things. He could stay where he was and wait. That was suicide. He could flee. That was postponing the inevitable. For a moment, he stood there thinking. An idea that held a wild chance came to him, and tightening his belt, he headed away from the swamp. The baying of the hounds drew nearer, then still nearer, nearer, ever nearer. On a ridge, Rainsford climbed a tree. Down a watercourse, not a quarter of a mile away, he could see the bush moving. Straining his eyes, he saw the lean figure of General Zaroff. Just ahead of him, Rainsford made out another figure, whose wide soldiers surged through the tall jungle weeds. It was the giant Ivan. Duh. Like, Duh. made out another figure? Why are we being forced to experience this millisecond of thought? Why is he like, wh yeah, why are we- Just say an Ivan was next yeah, to him. Ivan, <laughs> like, he saw yeah, the general and sure. Ivan. It was the giant Ivan, and he seemed pulled forward by some unseen force. Rainsford knew that Ivan must be holding the pack in leash. They would be on him any minute now. His mind worked frantically. He thought of a native trick he had learned in Uganda. He slid down the tree. He caught a hold of a springy young sapling, and to it he fastened his hunting knife, with the blade pointing down the trail. With a bit of wild grapevine, he tied back the sapling. Then he ran for his life. Oh, he made a little, like, whoop mm -hmm. thing. Okay. He made a whoop, whoop. The hounds raised their voices as they hit the fresh scent. Rainsford knew. Now, Rainsford knew now how an animal at bay feels. He had to stop to get his breath. The baying of the hounds stopped abruptly and Rainsford's heart stopped too. They must have reached the knife. He shinnied excitedly up a tree and looked back. His pursuers had stopped, but the hope that was in Rainsford's brain when he had climbed died, for he saw in the shadow, shallow valley that General Zaroff was still on his feet, but Ivan was not. The knife, driven by the recoil of the springing tree, had not wholly failed. Rainsford mm -hmm. had hardly tumbled not to the nothing. ground. I mean, it got rid of Ivan. Yeah. So now, no holds barred. Yeah. Let's go after General. For sure. Do it. <laughs> Rainsford had hardly tumbled to the ground when the pack took up the, ner the cry again. Nerve, 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 he panted as he dashed along. A blue gap showed between the trees dead ahead. Ever nearer drew the hounds. Rainsford forced himself on toward that gap. He reached it. It was the shore of the sea. Across a cove, he could see the gloomy gray stone of the chateau. Twenty feet below him, the sea rumbled and hissed. Rainsford hesitated. He heard the hounds. Then he leaped far out into the sea. When the general and his pack reached the place by the sea, the Cossack stopped. 
For some minutes, he stood regarding the blue-green expanse of water. He shrugged his shoulders. Then he sat down, took a drink of brandy from a silver flask, lit a cigarette, and hummed a bit from Madame Butterfly. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> what is he, fucking Rivers Cuomo? <laughs> General Zaroff had an exceedingly good dinner in his great panel dining hall that evening. With it, he had a bottle of Paul Roger and half a bottle of Chambert. Why are we with Chambertine? the general now? No idea. Two slight annoyances kept him from perfect enjoyment. One was the thought that it would be difficult to replace Ivan. <laughs> the oh, other annoying. How annoying. The other was that his quarry had escaped him, of course. The American hadn't played the game, so thought the general as he tasted his after-dinner liqueur. In his library, he read, to soothe himself, from the works of Marcus Aurelius. <laughs> okay. This guy okay. is... Get some hobbies. Like, predictably pretentious. Yeah. At 10, he went up to his bedroom. He was deliciously tired, he said to himself, as he locked himself in. There was a little moonlight. So, before turning on his light, he went to the window and looked down at the courtyard. He could see the great hounds, and he called, Better luck another time, to them. Then he switched on the light. A man, who had been hiding in the curtains of the bed, was standing there. Rainsford! <laughs> Screamed the general. <laughs> Ooh, you gave me such a fright. How in God's name did you get here? <laughs> Swam, said Rainsford. I found it quicker than walking through the jungle. The general sucked in his breath and smiled. I congratulate you, he said. You have won the game. You yeah, bitch. Now it's time to pay the piper. Mm. Rainsford did not smile. I'm still a beast at bay, he said in a low, horse low, horse voice. Get ready, General Zaroff. The general made one of his deepest bows. I see, he said. Splendid. One of us is to furnish a repeat. What? One of us is to furnish a repast for the hounds. The other will sleep in this very excellent bed. On guard, Rainsford. <laughs> he had I never... out the tiniest rapier. Yeah. <laughs> Sing! It's like a little needle. Yeah. <laughs> he had never slept in a better bed, Rainsford decided. Oh, jump again. Jump again. It seems that we're jumping, yeah. like, well, exciting parts. doesn't parts. feel like describing. Yeah, like, I kind of would have wanted to see. Get there. Yeah. Because also, like, he jumps it's off a cliff. A and then we're supposed to believe that he survives the fall into the water and then swims all the way back. Yeah, why didn't he do that first? Yeah. This I was guess very... he got to a point. But yeah, he would have been just getting more and more tired, more and more depleted. Mm-hmm. Making the swim less and less likely to succeed. Yeah. And like his whole character seems to have changed. I feel like we're missing stuff. Yeah. Even. If, 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 but if, I don't know if we are or if the writing is just like, man, end. Because he, yeah, because he basically turns, you know what? Maybe it happened during that swim. <laughs> during that swim, <laughs> he like I'm turned saying. evil. Yeah. yeah. And we missed We that. never really got his set determination to be like time to kill yeah but we just get the aftermath where he's like you're gonna die and yeah, then and then, he, and then we skip that again and then he's sleeping is this like the like first like for fourth graders to read like <laughs> i don't think so <laughs> yeah no yeah. idea this was interesting he got the benefit of getting to the idea first yeah I think. Yeah. Well, I did like the parts where he's like building the traps. I thought that was like, and the first time that Cossack, or that Cossack, that uh, General, General Zarov, Zarov 
Zoroff. Uh, General Zool um, comes up and so. like is like smoking and like looking around. I thought that was like scary. Why did we get 10 pages of yeah. him like being an idiot about what the general was telling him? Yeah. And then more pages of going, no, surely not. Is it and because then, like three pages of the actual hunt? Is it because we're women and we're like conditioned to be worried that we're in danger? No, I think it's because he's we're, just a huge idiot. We have writer brains and <sighs> I've seen a lot of media and yeah, know what the more interesting story is. And that's where his character develops. Yeah. That's where he goes from being carefree hunter guy who has no um, empathy with the animals he hunts. Yeah. To being the animal. And he's like, and now I hero. know what it feels like. Yeah. We didn't get any of that. This should have been some like, like Julie of the Wolves is more descriptive and mm -hmm. has more of an arc. This should yeah. have been like Lord of the Flies, like very slow, well thought out transformation. It took too much time with like things that didn't matter and yeah, skipped over things it. that would have been interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like I want, I don't know. I kind of like, like. This is kind of a half-assed story. I would have liked to be there for that final moment where he kills yeah, it's General like, Zaroff. It's a real, like, there's no catharsis. There's no, yeah. there's no standoff. This is like literary blue balls. There's no hunt. Yeah. There's no hunt and there's no standoff. There's yeah. like three scenes where he's like, oh. <laughs> he tries like, also, what, three things, two things, three things. There's he tries like, three things. There's a full chapter missing where like he goes back to the boat and he and Whitley like fuck like crazy. Yeah. He's like, you know what? I feel invigorated. I was almost murdered. I murdered a guy and killing yeah. people makes me horny. So let's exactly. fuck. I, I seize like, the moment. Where's you know? that? Where and is we that? We don't even time jump to after it happens in that case. No. The story just ends. It ends. Before we get to that. Which we Whereas know it that's happens. That's what he's building towards the yeah. entire time. So it's like, why do you set up all this exposition where you're going to fuck your friend? Yeah. And then you never get never get there. There. We never see that scene. No. Man. So it's just like ugh. like there are just a lot of there's just a lot he didn't follow through on. Yeah. Yeah. So for a story about two friends who are in love, I don't think it was successful. Six out of ten. Six out of ten probably wouldn't do business again. Probably wouldn't. Yeah. Well So that's the most dangerous game. Yeah, it's such a more interesting idea yeah. than the actual story itself, which is why it gets parodied all the time. Yeah. But you don't often see the actual story mm -hmm. out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just okay. Yeah, it's just okay. Yeah. Well, thanks for tuning in, you guys. Mm -hmm. And uh, keep it cultured. This has been Teen Creeps Presents Public Domain Theater, part two of Richard Connell's The Most Dangerous Game. As read by Kelly Nugent. As responded to by Lindsay K. Ty and Kelly Nugent. <laughs>